Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the LightningInsider.com podcast, post-game Carolina edition. Eric Rowlandson here from LightningInsider.com, one of only two outlets in this market, I might remind you, that is covering this team on a full-time basis. So if you're not a subscriber to my website, I encourage you to please do so and support my work if you can. If you're not a subscriber already, I do have a discount code for you. You can simply sign up for a year subscription, and I will give you $10 off the first year of a subscription to lightninginsider.com. Just simply go to the website and that's where you can find it. All right, uh, going to keep this one kind of brief, uh, I think. I'll try. Uh, it was the Andre Vasilevsky show on Thursday night against the Carolina Hurricanes who put up 55 shots. It was 57, then it was 56, and then 55. So 55 shots on goal for Carolina through regulation and overtime. Uh, Vasilevsky was, again, fantastic in net. Probably the biggest reason that they were able to secure a point out of the game with a 4-3 shootout loss. Had a chance to steal two points with it as well. Uh, But alas, uh, Sebastian Ajo ends up with the winning, deciding goal in the shootout. uh, Ross Colton was the only one who scored for Tampa Bay in round three. But uh, Carolina ended up tying it after that. So uh, that gives Carolina the extra point in probably what is a game that was the right result in the end. But this is hockey, and anything happens, especially when you have a guy like Andre Vasilevsky in net. Now, Carolina is a high-shot volume team. So sometimes you have to not necessarily pay attention to the shots on goal because they'll shoot from anywhere. That's the way they play. Uh, That's what they like to do, and they're really good at puck retrieval and recovery, which is why they like to play that style of game. So the shots on goal tend to add up. Now, having said that, giving up 55 shots on goal is not ideal. The Lightning continue to be without Victor Hedman. He has missed the past two games. I felt like this game in particular was one that I looked at and thought, hmm, yeah, they miss him tonight because of, you know, the way the Hurricanes can play, they like to play in your face. They're aggressive. They really pressure the puck. They force you into quick decisions, and that's what they thrive on. And it's nothing new. You know, John Cooper said it, the, uh, you know, in, in the morning, uh, at the morning skate. He said it again after the game. 
They know exactly how Carolina is going to play. They're very predictable in what it is they want to accomplish and how they want to go about doing it. So nothing caught them by surprise. But I just think you you're, you're, you're saw what, you know, looking at the team going into the start of the season was going to be an area that was might be rough to start the year. And that's how they look on defense. And then you take Victor Hedman out of it and it looks... Uh, even rougher, <laughs> if you will, in in how you know their approach is and and how they play and and how they try to come together. Now, defense is not just a defenseman; it is a five man unit out there. The forwards are just as responsible at times for uh, playing good defense. Uh, but again, fifty five shots on goal in Carolina, they're just relentless in their approach. They're just relentless, and they just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming and they do not let up it's not easy to play that style of game right it's not easy to play against them they have to be conditioned they have to be a team that has to be you know playing at that level for a full 60 minutes um and and that's that's the strength of their team right that's what they want to do and that's what they're able to accomplish it's hard it's a challenge. I want to say it's hard. It's a challenge to slow down the Hurricanes to play at a pace that they don't like to play at. I don't know if Carolina can play a slow game. They're so conditioned into playing this way ever since Rod Brindamore took over. And I don't know if they can play any other way. So it, it is a challenge. Uh, they don't score a lot of goals. They really don't. Uh, and, and that's why they're a high shot volume team. They don't necessarily look for the high percentage plays. Uh, they just start throwing pucks on net and look for rebounds and, and play that way. And look, at the end of the season, they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. They they might end up having the best record in the Eastern Conference by the time we get to April. So that's a really good team over there. They've lost. They don't quite have the depth on the back end that they've had in the past. Uh, you know, but their top four in D is as good as any in the league. And, you know, Jacob Slavin in particular is probably the most underrated defenseman in the league. So they're they're a difficult team to pull points from. Not that the Lightning can't do it. But you're not going to do it against anybody if you're giving up 55 shots on goal. And And what I think has to confound a game like this is the fact that you give up a shorthanded goal with six and a half minutes to go while you have a one-goal uh, one lead. Second straight game, they've given up a shorthanded goal. Obviously, the, the three-on-five goal scored by Matthew Joseph on Tuesday against Ottawa. And it's Carolina, again, makes it tough on you. They're really good. They're one of the best penalty kill teams in the league. And one of the reasons they are is because of how they pinch off the puck on zone entries. They really hold the blue line very well. And that's exactly what happened on the game-tying goal. Braden Point is right there at the, at the boards, at the edge of the blue line. He's challenged immediately, as Carolina does, and lost the puck, lost sight of the puck, 
popped up into the air. He had no idea where it was. And by the time he figured it out, he was too late to react in getting up the ice. Carolina ends up with a three-on-two opportunity, and it's Brady Shea who beats Andre Vasilevsky from between the dots. Uh, I mean, the Hurricanes got a three-on-two. Odd man rush on the penalty kill on Tampa Bay's power play. And again, is, is this an area where they miss Victor Hedman? Maybe. I mean, he runs that number one power play unit. You know, Mikhail Sergachev, for what he does, is good. Though, if memory serves, and I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was actually Cal Foote who was out there with the second unit during a little bit of a change um, that uh, on that, that uh, game-tying goal for Carolina. And But again, that's where they miss a Victor Hedman because if Hedman's out there with a number one unit, that means Mikhail Sergachev is out there with the number two unit. So that was, I, I think, probably of everything that went on in this game, the most disappointing part of it was giving up the game-tying goal with under seven minutes to go while on the power play. So Andre Vasilevsky stands on his head, terrific as he was, and you can't reward him for his effort by holding that lead. Like the power play, in that situation, yeah, you want, ideally, you put the game away, you make a two-goal uh, two deficit for the team, to uh, the opponent to chase, that is the ideal situation. At the very least, you have to maintain momentum and not give the other team any life. You have to create momentum with the power play. What you can't have happen is get scored on. And asking John Cooper that question afterwards... That's exactly what he said. He said that's you can't have it. You can't have it go that way. So what we are continuing to see now, 11 games into the season, that the defense is a work in progress. It's going to be a work in progress. I don't know if they have the solutions internally. Nick Perbix has been a very pleasant surprise on the right side. There were question marks who was going to play on the right behind Eric Chernak. You know, you've got Cal Foote, you've got now Perbix, and you have Philippe Myers, and Philippe Myers hasn't played since the game in Anaheim where his um, play, or lack thereof, on the second Anaheim goal, he's taken he took one shift in the third period and hasn't played in any of the games since then. Scratched in San Jose, scratched against Ottawa, scratched again tonight. Uh, so I don't know if the the answers are internal. Maybe maybe you try Hayden Fleury on the right side. I mean, you have to have a stopgap till Zach Bogosian comes back, which we're still probably four weeks away from Zach Bogosian's return. We'll keep an eye on that over the next couple of weeks in terms of practices. Once once he gets cleared for contact, and you know, John Cooper said that Bogosian is a little bit ahead of Anthony Sorelli on the recovery timeline. 
But once we see him out of the red jersey, which means he's cleared for contact, then we'll start getting closer to his return. But we're not there yet. He, again, skated at the morning skate today, uh, again, in a red no-contact jersey. But you have to have a stopgap. And, you know, John Cooper did mention on Tuesday as they try and work through some of these defensive issues that maybe they'll have to try somebody a uh, left-hand shot on the right side, which is not something that they like to do. They really like their lefty-righty balance. Uh, a lot of teams have really gone this way. I think the analytics have shown the value of having lefties on the left and righties on the right just for protecting pucks and coming off the wall. Uh, it's probably the biggest thing in that situation. It's not unheard of. I mean, when they acquired Braden Coburn at the trade deadline in 2015, he is a left-hand shot. They acquired him to play the right side at that time. So I, I wonder if we'll see Hayden Fleury get a shot on the right-hand side. We'll, we'll see what's up with Victor Hedman heading into Saturday. Was uh, limited again in what he was doing during the morning skate I would guess, based on what we saw, the upper body injury is what it's being classified as. Probably shoulder, if uh, you know you kind of factor in the hit he took from Luke Cunning, and then what you're seeing in in uh, the, when he does get on the ice with the team. So we'll see how what his status is for Saturday. And here's the other thing to keep an eye on as well. Nick Paul left the game after one shift of the third period, did not return for the rest of the game against the Hurricanes. So we'll have to see what's going on with him, what his status is. I I did catch Nick Paul leaving the building seemed to be okay didn't notice anything but we'll keep an eye on the transactions because you know the lighting are only carrying 12 forwards at the moment 12 forwards 8d carrying 22 players uh, if they have to call up a forward to either dress or just to be here in case Paul's going to miss any time would have to think among the potential candidates would be Alex Barry Boulay who's off to a good start with the crunch uh, Felix Robert who's off to a good start I think Robert is either first or second in the AHL right now in goals uh, Gabe Fortier of course who started the year with the lighting, only got into a couple of games before he was sent back. You know, those might be your top three. Simon Ryfors has gotten off to a good start as well. So maybe we'll we'll see the potential if any of those guys get called up, or they could simply dress seven defensemen again, right? Especially if Victor Hedman is healthy. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. But you have a, a pretty good Buffalo team coming in on Saturday. Don't laugh at that. The Sabres are off to a really good start. I know we've seen this before, but this feels different with the Sabres team. Their biggest question mark is going to be their goaltending. But Tage Thompson is off to a great start for them. You know, they just look like they're a, a team playing looser after the drama of Jack Eichel left the team last year at that the big trade there with the Vegas Golden Knights. So the Sabres are coming into town. They just rallied to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were down 3-1 and ended up winning that game 5-3. So, you know, you've got a number one overall pick in Rasmus Dahlin on the back end. You've got a number one overall pick in Owen Power on the back end. You know, they've got some, they've got some talent there. So you've got a pretty good Buffalo team coming in. We'll see what the lineup looks like. I would expect, based on the volume of shots that Andre Vasilevsky faced tonight. By the way, we did request to talk to Andre Vasilevsky after this game. He was not in a talking mood. <laughs> but I would wonder if we'll see Brian Elliott. I mean, Elliott's going to have to start some point. He hasn't played since the Anaheim game, so it's been over a week. I don't think you want him sitting for too long. Because after the game against Buffalo, you've got another two days off before Edmonton comes into town on Tuesday. So I'd venture to guess that maybe Brian Elliott gets a start on Saturday against the Sabres. And look, the team didn't play well against Carolina, obviously. They found a way to put themselves in position to get two points out of that game, end up with just the one. And, you know, they've got points in five straight. They've got points. Remember, they started the season one and three. They're now six, four, and one through 11 games. It is so important to ensure early in the season that you are picking up points in the standings because a lot of what we're seeing from the team, and there were, again, a ton of giveaways, which is exactly the one thing John Cooper pointed to when asked about the Hurricanes after the morning skate, the one thing you can't do is turn the puck over. Now, some of that is Carolina, the way they pressure the puck. They force you to make quick decisions and take away your time and space. And if somebody's not open right away, well, you're done. That's just how they play. But early in the season, it's it's a lot of this is self-inflicted wounds, right? A lot of this is the team turning pucks over, giving pucks away. One day at seven unassisted goals against this year. Tells you that they're almost all directly off of turnovers. That those are areas that are not difficult to clean up. And I'm sure somebody listening to this right now is saying, but Eric, they're not cleaning it up. You're right. Thursday's game aside, they had gotten better at it. I know there were a ton against Ottawa. But I did ask John Cooper that specific question Thursday morning 
how much has that concerned him. And he said the overall volume of turnovers of late has been better. It's been the areas of the ice that they turned some of those pucks over that have resulted in goals against that has him uh, and the coaching staff trying to get the message through a little bit better. And I have to think that they're going to get better at it as the season goes along, as they start to figure each other out. I, I wrote about this training camp early in the season, that the defense was undergoing a reconstruction process because of the new faces you have in the back end. So it takes time to adjust to that, right? That's the process that you'll hear about, that you'll hear mentioned during the earliest parts of the season. And that's why it's important to figure out ways to get points while you're doing that. And that's what they've done for the most part ever since that loss to the Philadelphia Flyers on home ice season opener that dropped into one and three. Right? They've won five games since then, and they've picked up points in five, uh, six of the seven games. The only loss in there is the one to the LA Kings. That doesn't mean it's perfect. It's not always rainbows and butterflies. But there will be improvement in that area. And they will get better at it. It will give themselves better chances to win games. I I think one thing that, that I sit here and think about is that they're not necessarily generating as many offensive chances... That maybe we're like, and maybe that's a byproduct of all the turnovers that they're doing, which gives up puck possession. The face-off situation gives up puck possession. You know, they're not possessing the puck as much as they like, as much as they're capable of. So maybe that factors into it a little bit. But it just doesn't feel like they have sustained shifts in the offensive zone to create offensive chances, at least enough quality offensive chances. I haven't looked. I, maybe I'll have to, to look at this and um, maybe I'll discuss it with Chief on Saturday for the pregame skate show, which by the way, one hour before every Lightning game, you can hear that. Me and Chief. Home games were live at the Cigar City Brewing Tap Room. Road games were live one hour before the game. You can hear that. On the Strike 102.5 HD Channel 2. So if you have an HD capable radio, that's where you can hear it or you can stream it. Just search for Lightning Radio 24 7 on TuneIn and it's going to try and make it trick you to make you think that you have to pay for TuneIn. You do not have to pay to listen to Lightning Radio. On tune in, so just search for Lightning Radio 24 7. That's 24 slash 7 on the tune in app, and you can listen to the pregame skate show again, me and Chief. So maybe I'll look up some of these numbers between now and Saturday in regards to uh, scoring chances created and expected goals and all those sort of numbers uh, that we like to try and look at when it comes to evaluating teams and, and the analytics and everything like that. Uh, but I, I just don't feel like there's enough offensive zone time for a team that has the game breakers that they do. Look, the game breakers is a big reason why 
they were able to pull two points out of the game against Ottawa. And it's uh, a part of the reason they were able to pull a point out of the game against Carolina. It was Nikita Kucherov that had the go-ahead goal on the power play. So they have game breakers. And when you have game breakers, you spend time in the offensive zone. I mean, imagine if Carolina, the way Carolina plays, if they had the number of game breakers that Tampa Bay has. They'd be almost unstoppable with the defense in the back end that they have there. Not not saying anything against the Lightning's defense. Just, just the way that they can play in that style that they do. So... Um, all right, so lots of areas to improve upon, lots of areas to get better at, but at the end of the day, through 11 games, they have a 6-4-1 record, and I think especially after starting the season 1-3, and three, that that is something that you can kind of look at and say, okay, they're, they're finding ways to pick up points because at the end of the day, make the playoffs, you have a chance. That's, that's the goal. Get in, give yourself a chance. Remember how everybody said, oh, they finished third in the division last year. There's no way they can make a deep run. No. They have the team that can do it. So just get in and give yourself a chance and then worry about the matchups and stuff like that later. And I think that will come. So, all right, again, lightninginsider.com is the website. If you're not a subscriber, I'm going to give you a code, podcast, $10 off the first year of a yearly subscription. You can also purchase a monthly subscription as well, but you'll save more with a yearly subscription, especially if you use that code uh, as well. And don't forget, no more Beckles and Rutcher show on DAE, but I am trying to do 2.15 on Wednesdays with Jay Retcher and Zach Blobner on WDE. It's not an hour anymore. It's just a segment. Uh, so some changes on that front, but I'm going to try and be consistent going on with Jay and Zach in that aspect. So 2.15 on Wednesdays on WDAE. And, of course, don't forget the pregame skate show uh, and some uh, first uh, pregame hit as well with Greg Linelli during the pregame show. You can listen to that on 102.5, the bone uh, first segment of the pregame show with Greg as well. All right, so those are my thoughts after the Carolina game. Um, don't forget to check the website for full recap including some thoughts and comments from uh, Ian Cole, who played with Carolina last year, as well as Corey Perry, and some uh, some stuff uh, from Vlad Domestikov, and, of course, head coach John Cooper. That'll be up by the morning at lightninginsider.com. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. Share this podcast. Let everybody know that it's out there, and maybe I'll try and do more of these day uh, game after thoughts after each game. I don't know if I'll do it after every game, but uh, we'll we'll consider it here uh, and see what we can do. So uh, always thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.